This whole situation, it's horrible. The country's disintegrating. What's happened to America? What's happened to the American dream? It came true. You're looking at it. Now we're recording again. Hello. Hello. Reporting ready? live from a very cold Cleveland, it is All Along the Watchmen Podcast. I am Litho Freeman. And I am Anthony Trevelante, and we are here for our fourth week of doing this. I'm like facing the other way. Huh? <laughs> uh, episode four of The Watchmen uh, came out a few days ago. Um, I'm going to give a, a jaded PSA. So right. the reason why we're kind of late on this um podcast episode is because I was supposed to be in uh, I was supposed to be in Vegas uh, but did you know that if you are um, late by 15 minutes Frontier Airlines will not let you through the gates. I don't think any plane will do that. But I, I have had a little bit of leeway especially with uh, that much uh, time and there was nobody at the airport it was super late and they did not let me on the plane. Uh, so, and the plane was still there. Yes, the plane was still there. It was super late at night. Um, it was ridiculous. So that is my PSA about Frontier. Don't fly Frontier. <laughs> I am very. Is bad it at fifteen them. before? Like, did, were you there on the time? It's the gate time. You had to be there. I had to be there at ten forty-five, and I got there at uh, eleven o'clock, yeah. and they would they wouldn't let me through. Like, the gates, there was no one there? I don't know. Whatever. So, we're that a couple sucks. days late. Uh, it's actually a Thursday. Um, so, anybody who's been listening, uh, thanks for keeping up with us, I suppose. Uh, we appreciate it. All right, let's kick it off as we always do. One out of, or uh, how many out of ten? I am going to give this episode a seven. Uh which is, I think, only like a half a point better than last yeah. week. Um, there were a couple things about it that we're going to get into, most definitely. Um, but it's not that... I didn't think it was that much better than last week. How about you? No, I didn't think it was that much better than last week. I think seven's fair. Seven or six. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just didn't, like, it didn't excite me. Like, I forget it. Like I was saying before this, I've watched it, like, three times, and I'm, like, still forgetting, like, what happened sometimes in it, because right. it was just kind of, like, a slow... But they had to like. I mean, it, it it hit a good ending. I think. I think it ended strongly to where I want to see next week's episode. Most definitely. I think that was. That, I mean, that was probably the second strongest point. I mean, of the episode, and you always want you would like to end strong. So, uh, they definitely accomplished on that level. But here's a question: um, Do you think that they are trying? There may be a bit of a strain on the story because they're trying to fit things in uh, that maybe shouldn't have been like it's a too much that they might be trying to do i think what's going to be disappointing is like the overall first season because i think they're setting so much up but i i didn't watch game of thrones when it first came out but it's like is right. this like a game of thrones season one i can't remember season one to be honest with game of thrones I, but i know like i, I kind of remember some of it but um, but it's like, are they just like I don't know? Will it play? Like, they're doing eight episodes too, which is pretty short. That is. Maybe should it, I believe maybe they should extend the episodes um, because I watched an interview with uh, the creator uh, Lindelof, and he was saying that he wanted to be the season. He wanted this season to be a self-contained 
type of thing because the comics were very much self-contained uh, until DC opened them back up um, 15, 17 years later, I believe. Uh, but it was very much like within these 12 uh, editions of this uh, comic novel, it was closed off. And he said he wanted to do the same, which at this point kind of scares me because mm-hmm. it seems like, I don't know, it seems like this episode, episode four, could have been episode three to me. Yeah, and I think that's my biggest. Uh, uh, I think episode three was a waste. Yeah, kind of, and it's like I don't think Lori Blake needed that much time on screen at all because we're getting in to her, uh, her and Angela a bit more, which I believe should have been the immediate uh, type of deal. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it goes again to what I was saying last week about this, like leaving this kind of mystery box uh, type deal. But you, because I was re-listening to us uh, as I always do, just to make sure we sound good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were saying that like the mystery box doesn't work because you know a Nike box contains Nikes, mm-hmm. and I believe episode three was all of that. It was all this like very transparent thing that really didn't need to be there, and we could have got to Agent Blake. And Angela immediately. I think this episode in the Pedopedia Part 4, check that out in our podcast. Yes. Much shorter than the other ones. Very short. Um, I think those do a better job explaining her. Those are more relevant to me in her character development than anything that was in Episode 3. Most definitely. Like, it's just like, it was very much like her. I don't even like the fact that they, I think where the episode took a lot of time up to was her and Mr. Manhattan's, like, relationship. And it's like, you could have shown that phone booth scene, like, once, maybe. Maybe even leave it out there. Yeah. Like, let us wonder if what's going on there. You Most know, don't, like, don't give it all to us Just right show away. us, like, show us her walking into the box. And maybe we don't need to hear the conversation. And maybe I don't need to know that, you know, um, she's this kind of hardened FBI agent who was I think you get it real quick too like I think it's like super insulting to keep pounding it in my face like that most definitely it's very heavy handed why did you how'd you know he would survive the what was that line how'd you know he'd survive oh yeah (laughs) she like didn't it she like smirked or something like it's it is very heavy handed with her within her dialogue you know I get it she's caught him in ass she's jaded um people who know her from the comics they know the relationship and she could have walked in in episode three, uh, doing the exact same thing that she did in episode Do you think four. maybe the writers and the director walk this weird line with her of, like... Because to me, how I want to see her, because I have a bit of an understanding of who she was in the comics, I want to see her, like, almost like... Not knowing more would be better because you know of the past. But if you don't know the past, you basically have to rewrite and explain the relevance of what... Like, if you're someone who's just picking up on Watchmen, you have to make her relevant as a present character. For sure. Whereas, like, to us, if she just was, like, this, like, mysterious thing, we'd be like, oh, shit, that's her. You know, like, what's Mm -hmm. her story? And they could slowly, like, peel that back. But I think because there's such a... I mean, there's just... There has to be a disconnect between the books and... And this to most people, like even like a Game of Thrones thing, it's like or a Harry Potter or any of that kind of shit. Right, totally. It is its separate own entity. Uh, but like these characters, you know, same thing with uh, Adrian. We were saying that you know we know it's Adrian for the first like three episodes. They didn't or two episodes. They didn't want to 
say his name in the credits. He was listed as man in the manor. And it's like, stop playing these games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we are. But again, it's like things. now I guess I guess we've really divulged this almost two structures of writing. One very much Watchmen nerd, one very much modern TV because the, the director's a big fan of the comics. I actually listened to the the official podcast of man. the Watchmen. <laughs> um but I listened to that and like he the guy's really educated and like I told you, like, you know, even history wise, like the uh if you listen to P to Pedia three had the reparations in it or was that two? Uh that that might have been three. I think it's definitely in that. our title. I put the reparations in the no, title. It's actually so two. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Okay. Well yeah. that was actually a real court case that happened in America and basically it was thrown out for statute of limitations. Um, so he, he talks about how he rewrote it as if it just like, didn't, that didn't happen that way. Um, so the guy's like really well educated into the universe and in the history. And he's like definitely very socially tied in. You can tell like kind of by his demeanor. Um, but so you have like that style of writing this, that's like 90% of the writing, but then you have to have these things where like, I feel like they wrote it a little different had someone like oh how you how do you understand this which is fair i mean like you got to explain it to the because that reveal to adrian now that we talk about Lori blake in the same manner was like if you didn't know anything you might have been like ooh. but like if you know but if, if you, you knew any- anything him say, him saying his name is adrian wouldn't have meant anything yeah, you they did. I mean. I mean, they teased it in the first couple episodes a couple times, but I guess they didn't. I don't know. That was stupid. I like, that was our worst scene last week. <laughs> yeah. I actually going to give this episode a seven just because that scene existed in the last episode. So that as of still, that's the worst episode. <laughs> that definitely dampens down uh, that episode a lot. And I will be know, upgrading and downgrading my opinions towards the end of the season, so we have a cohesive chronology of what are my favorite. For sure, potentially. Um. Here's a question: Did you did you make that uh, transition list? Because I thought about that when I was taking some notes. Down. No, I didn't. I, I wrote down like one or two cool transitions. Well, there there like, is. What was the killer? This one, the moon. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, okay. I thought the moon was sick. All right. So, what did he come out of? What was it out of? It was the moon into. It was the moon into like Angela pulling up at our house, I believe. What was the moon before though? It was him looking up through his. Um, old school telescope oh the clouds turned yeah dude, yeah. the clouds turned exactly into the moon shades and For that sure. was lit all right so since we're jumping on that and i promise we're gonna go back to the top of the episode but um han solo <laughs> does yeah um do you all right so that shot that transition i believe to um you know to the to the sense of heavily foreshadowing that he is on a different planet and he may be on the moon somehow. I thought that mm. I thought them even doing that transition kind of lent way to that idea, which I don't like. <laughs> That's immediately. That's, what I didn't I think of that. I okay. actually when I I assumed he has like a force field around him. Okay. Which seems more like probable yes. in the universe. That's I hope he's I not think. on the moon. I'd be pissed. No. That would be if so he's on bad. the moon, the podcast is over. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Next so, episode, if they expose 
that he's on the moon, uh, we will not be talking to you guys anymore. This will be not going to watch it. This will be the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that, but I don't think he's on the moon. Okay, I don't. Think Neither that. do I. That's I really shitty. Hope. That'd be terrible. That'd be really terrible. Yeah, his All whole right. character would be ruined. So let's go back to the uh, top yeah, the, of the episode, and let's just kind of run through uh, run through our ideas, kind of going through this. So we open up with uh, the egg title screen. Which we've been putting a lot of uh, notice on the on the title screen here on the podcast because we really, li- we really yeah. like them. I thought this was the weakest one. Yeah, I thought it was like the only thing I thought about that I thought was kind of interesting was in the first episode. The first time you see the Watchman smile, it's in an egg, and she cracks the eggs. So it was like that. Sim- that was kind of one of the things I thought about. But other than that, I thought it was like that's all right. I yeah. Did- <laughs> it was interesting. I like the only thing I, I guess liked about it was that the woman, I guess to walk up to it, it's you start on this farm with these characters that no one knows about. And oh, I can't think of her name. You write it down. The woman with the tower. Uh, Lady True. Lady True. Um, she shows up to basically trade them for their land. Um, and she trades them a already born child who is genetically made from their genetics because they went to a clinic that she owned that yeah. creates babies so this goes into the we talked i think one of the episodes about is human cloning and stuff a thing and it seems like maybe the technology is somewhere out there if they're creating babies at least for sure so maybe they applied the cloning technology more to like um people having trouble getting pregnant and stuff but that's what was interesting is basically she couldn't have the baby at the clinic because her eggs were infertile so yeah. the beginning shot of the episode opening scene is an egg Right. And the ending shot. was a good time. So that was like, all right. Yeah, that was, I actually really like. Um, Title-wise, uh, though, not the best. <laughs> I really like the opening sequence um, with her, with this woman uh, who's, like, running this egg farm. Uh, that opening reminded me of, like, the 90s opening montages to, like, a couple. Because, yeah. Because, like, she grabs the eggs well, yeah, and then she falls. And then he catches husband, the rolling yeah, egg. Yeah. And they he should have had like, like a title like starring Tim Allen. Yeah, exactly. The days of yours. Um, it was like almost like it was in a different show. And I thought that was really like kind of creative. Yeah. Again, shout out to the editor um, who's been killing it this season. Imagine having a, a baby come with your wife and then $5 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And right. she bought up a bunch of land, which I, I believe is going to tie into her trying to expand this company. This I was is wondering, has, is that present time or past time? As far as, like, her buying the land? Or is like, yeah, is, like, that in the current state of things, or is that, like, a couple years prior? Because that ship crashes or something. Yeah. I actually didn't think about that. No no evidence either way. Um, so, <clears throat> you, yeah, we end that sequence. Uh, of course, they accept the contract, new baby and $5 million. And then they walk outside after hearing a noise. Lady True and the couple look up, and there is a uh, comet-type figure, which I believe is like a ship of some sort, crashing on Earth. Um, and I believe her line is like, the couple asks, like, what the hell is that? And her line is like, that's mine. So then we end that sequence. Um... I thought that was a clever line because she just bought the land. It was yeah. almost like she was like, you have two minutes. Well, she did time it. She was like, you have two minutes. But she was on point with it. I didn't it. even think about that. Yeah. That's actually cool. <laughs> like, yeah. It's mine. Because <laughs> I just bought this shit for, yeah, for a baby. For sure. And you got $5 million for, Like, I'm not here to pay you for the house. So I'm going to give you a baby and $5 million, which is far more than this land is worth. Right. She goes into the sequence of like, you get how cold she is, uh, kind of, because she's like, I get it. 
Um, it was in your family, blah, blah, blah. But this is not your legacy. Your legacy will be built on kids, and you guys can't have any. <laughs> so I built you. I already made you one. Um, yeah, so then we jump into Angela, who is inside the bakery, uh, kind of wiping down the place for prints. Yeah. Uh, she has this kind of saw tool. She's taking apart the wheelchair. Um, and then she gets a call from the Greenwood Cultural Center saying that um, a new branch of her family has been identified. Um, so we immediately cut to her as Sister Knight uh, calling the cops, which I thought was a clever scene. Yeah. Uh, as far as like clever writing, I guess. Uh, she calls the cops as if they have a report on a break-in at the Cultural Center. Uh, the lady, the dispatcher says no. She's like, well, I'm on the scene if you hear if you see if you hear anything, don't worry, it's just me. And that she breaks into the place herself. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but she gets in there. There is uh, she goes up to the center with uh, Teddy on the screen again, uh, who I really like as this like <laughs> uh, welcome center guy. He she gets a, a acorn like a physical acorn. Yeah, I thought that was dope. I thought that's a cool thing to go plant your like actual acorns to your family tree. Totally. Um, takes the acorn into another room and we get this hologram uh, which this civilization is really like advanced on holograms. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I feel like we have this tech. We have the technology. I wonder if it's expensive. Disney's holograms are crazy. They have some at the park where they do like they're like stage shows of like Pirates of the Caribbean and it's like it looks like fucking Jack Sparrow. Wow. Like it's pretty crazy. That'd be cool to use more of that. I was thinking the next step in holograms are implementing like color shade because now they're all still pretty one color right or no they do them like he's lit it looked good oh, no it looked way. like the lights in him and everything they basically wow. sh- they had to shoot him in a the way to do it would be well they have it under complete control right. they would have to shoot they shoot him in a studio where he's lit the same way and then they basically light the sound stage the same way i nice. think i think that's what they would do wow crazy um but yeah holograms a lot of holograms here's i had a, a weird thought about this scene because how the fuck does it know who Will is, but doesn't know, but doesn't know that that kid was alive? Yeah, that was weird. Because it's like, oh, this is Will, and you're ball, and then it was like, but no one knows like what happened to him. But right. then the cops know that Will was a detective, and that's like a couple scenes ahead. But yeah, uh, they run. Yeah, when they run the prints, um, which totally ties into your big call last week, dude. That scene yeah. is. I was just like. <laughs> Yeah. Right in the 1950, whatever. Yeah, totally, 40s, 50s. And when he disappeared, and he was cop. a detective, yeah. retired cop in New York. Let's go. Yeah, totally. Let's yeah, go. That was pretty much just handing it on the plate to you, man. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that was a good call. Thank you. <laughs> if you missed my big prediction in Pedopedia three, mm-hmm. it is that Will is the not the Minutemen. What the fuck did you name? Hooded Justice. Hooded Justice. Will yeah. is Hooded Justice, and I think that's. Well, I don't want to skip to, to the end of the episode now, but I'm interested what's like going to happen in three days, too. Yeah, that's a big call. And it's like, um, what's he like inferring that, like, what information is going to come out? Totally. Um, let's jump back. Yeah. Jump back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're back at the uh, cultural center. So mm-hmm. she puts in the acorn. There's this hologram of the tree. Tree uh, says, would you like to meet your great grandparents? Um, and we get a shot of... Obi and Ruth, who who's the couple who died in the uh, pilot episode, um, and uh, just putting some 
some texture on what you were saying a couple minutes ago. They, the uh, cultural center says that they do not have identification of where uh, Will Reeves is. But then they show a picture of the grandparents, and they're like, well, one child died uh, within... One child died. And then they show a picture of young Will, you know, the young boy that we see in the pilot, um, which is... Like, yeah, I think that's what, yeah, that's, someone went wrong that's there. kind of construed writing right there. Um, I don't know if they'll dig themselves out of there. So, Angela, she's staring at the picture of uh, young, young Will, young William. Um, she's saying, Leave me the hell alone out loud to herself. She just wants nothing from uh, this guy at this point. And then we hear the car dropping from the, from the sky. Uh, the last shot of the last episode. Yeah. Uh, that happens in real time in this episode. And we get to see what um, Agent Blake's true reaction was to that. And she's outside, like, laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they have an interaction. Um, Angela says this is her car. And Lori just kind of walks off. And you, you, I got the feeling that she wouldn't think anything of it. Like, this is weird. Um, I kind of was, I should have been expecting that she would look into it, but when she walks into the office later and like, yeah, we sent it to such and such here to get prints, you know, I thought that was like. Yeah, she seems really casual about it when they are at the actual scene during that. Totally. Um, so the car crashes and then there is a cut to Angela uh, coming home to find her husband in the bed sleeping with the girls. Uh, the young girls, they're all asleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the daughters. <laughs> that was weird to Plot say. twist coming in. He's banging two whores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angela, baby, this ain't working. <laughs> this ain't working out. They get divorced in the episode. Uh, no, he's sleeping with the daughters in the bed, so Angela goes to sleep in Topher's room. Um, and then we get this... I kind of like that intimate scene uh, with her and this the son, Topher yeah. character. Dude, she's as... I was going to... I actually forgot because we started rambling but she's such a fucking killer actress i think like i always she has like these really like small nuances where it's like and it was in the the acorn scene where it's like would you like to meet your grandpa and just how she said like yeah okay was so like such a nuance like she was so exposed in that moment for sure and it's like she brings to life these like i remember like we were talking about Oh, it was her getting mad because her they got interrupted in the closet in the first episode yeah. and it's like just her little nuances about like just like authentic like woman shit i feel like i I don't know how to like say it any better than that but it's like it's like like she was like like a kid almost the way she said like yeah okay right yeah she's this like hardened like kick-ass like person but yeah like shout out to her acting man like i don't think this show would be i can't even think of who else would be that role right who's able to like play both ends of the spectrum as this like woman lead character who we you know which is something we don't see a lot especially um in like a superhero type series um and she's like she brings that very hardened in but like you said those are those quick moments of like exposure you know yeah really or just like real home. i think those moments now that you just said just said that are like her her thing of being like real like just that like frustration from being interrupted or that like aweingness of like knowing like i don't know it's that weird thing with your family of like knowing like not knowing people and stuff especially with like 
I don't know. It just like felt like really like those definitely. moments like make her real. Yeah. Which then like cr- she like has like mom her and then like superhero cop her and then like these are these moments where she just like it's almost like everything's let down. Yeah. Yeah. She's truly like she's she's truly Angela. In in the sense of, you know as as like the actress because like I've been watching Regina King, you know what I'm saying for twenty something years. Uh, I remember she used to do like bad comedies you know not not that she was bad but like the movies were, you know in the 90s she was in like a bunch of terrible comedies her and Snia Lathan and like you know so to see like this actress like grow and to be this like over 40 woman character fucking killing it you know that's cool, a yeah. main tv show on hbo yeah. yeah yeah you're totally right yeah after this that's like one thing i did take away after this episode with her being back in like the forefront of it is just like the show wouldn't be the same without her and i'm not totally. super familiar with her even so that's cool that you've got to like see that come up but that's yeah. just like a like statement of all these like how much talent's out there for sure that like people the mainstream really hasn't seen because of like how shows have been casted and stuff over the years so yeah. it's like that that's just like more of this show totally. with the vibe of this show and it's like I think that like back to like the actor being on point or that the actor the writer being so like socially in tune and stuff it's like I think these decisions of these in these parts of it were so thought out yeah into the theme for sure you know it's like i'd really be interesting to see their casting and like who they tried out for roles and stuff like yeah i bet that was who a really get it. yeah you like know, that'd be a really yeah. fascinating hmm. thing yeah i hope they release uh some type of something because you know if the season goes well we could probably expect a season two and be interested you know who they might call back and from a writing standpoint this show isn't was never like typecasted so i feel like they had a lot of ways they could have went with it for sure you know it's like i don't think it was like oh we need like a black female lead here and a this here and a here like some shows are where it's like this like i'm sure there was like contemplation on who do we make this guy you know some people had to be who they were i guess but like who do we make this character like how do we develop that character so and who could come in here and like explore that character the most yeah 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 um all right so getting back in uh to the episode we see uh where we go where we go we come back in to uh the house in the morning um after angela has this very tender moment with uh her son topher in the room um where he kind of go, he kind of explains, you know, like his trauma in a sense by like very kid like, you know, like I didn't see that guy get shot in the head, you know. She's like, yeah, but you did, yeah. <laughs> and he kind of says nothing else. Uh, but then we cut to the morning where uh, this the husband, um, what's his name in this? I can't think of his name. Oh, she says it. Lori Blake says it yeah, too. Yeah, they say it. A, Corey? A, no, no, no. no. They say it a good... Calvin. Calvin, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a C. For sure. Um, Calvin, he goes... The kids are arguing at the table. They're saying, uh, Uncle Jed didn't go to heaven. He walks over to the table and basically explains that, like, baby, there is no heaven. (laughs) I thought that was a bold-ass, like... Not that bold, I guess, but bold. No, totally. That, like, now... That's just another layer of this world that they live in. It's like, they've also got rid of, like, religion. Yeah. Kind of. It seems like it. Yeah. Um, because now they know of these, like, you know, a lot of people believe in, like, extra dimensions and stuff like that. So, yeah, that breaks a lot of religion. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Which is not that they got rid of religion, I guess. Maybe, like, the the outcome of the universe because of things like that got rid of religion. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Very. And he did it in very. It wasn't, like, a cold manner. But when he sat down, he was, like, smiling. And he was like, honey. 
And I thought, like, you know, immediately he's going to give her some type of story uh, that you hear, you know, about heaven or whatever. But no, he's, like, straight up broke it down for her. Uh, there is no heaven, there is no hell. He's, he's nowhere, in a sense. Um, and then we get, so I wrote down this transition, because I thought this was, this was probably a transition of the show for me. So after he gets done talking to the girls, he gets back up, like nothing happened. Um, and he's like, who wants waffles? So everybody screams, I want waffles. And they do the cut of him opening the waffle maker immediately into... Angela opening the latch to the gate into yeah. Looking Glass's house. And that's like, it's like a four frames, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is, that's either, um, I don't know who to give credit for. That might be the DP right there. Um, I yeah, know. I want to know who's definitely behind the transitions because that guy's killing it. For guy, sure. Guy or they're gal. setting up. They're setting it up so nice that it can't, that just can't be on the editor. Mm. Those shots were exactly the same. This show's challenged me even like as a marketing person is like, I need to start doing more with cuts within my shots and not relying just on like the cuts, you know, like moving. I'm going to do some cool shit. Yeah. Because of this show. Um, Dude, transitions are so important. There are only a few filmmakers that I could really think of who like, I believe really put their time and effort into it. I was just rewatching um, Scott Pilgrim Saves the World. Those might be the best transitions I've seen in a major movie. Yeah. Man. I haven't seen that one in a while. I think it's Go so watch. challenging, too, because uh, it's so challenging, too, because <coughs> um, you have to, pl- like, a lot of times I feel like, I like they say, you know, you make a story three times, mm-hmm. and it's like editing, I, I totally, like, I, I'll redo things through, like, you know, it's like I didn't shoot like the Grassland trailer I did like that. I just right. edited it that way. For sure. So it's like you have to actually shoot how you're going to edit Yeah. at that time, which is like challenging. You know, it's like especially like I'm, I'm thinking a lot, I guess it's in my marketing world. But it's like I have to look for objects that look the same and stuff like that. And like it's hard, I guess. Definitely. You know, you really have to like put some thought into that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. So after that transition, we end up at uh, Looking Glass's house. Uh, Angela, who's totally unmasked, uh, regular civilian clothes, walks up to this, like, old-school bunker door, um, knocks on it, bangs on it three, four times, looking glass, who was also very casual, unmasked. Uh, you get a sense of just who he is, flannel shirt, beat-up truck hat, you know, very country boy <laughs> type deal. Um, let's her into the bunker. We go downstairs, and we realize he has this dark room setup which me immediately made me think um of camera technology in this universe yeah like is he is he a film snob or (laughs) is everybody forced to continually shoot on film well i mean if computers didn't come out cameras wouldn't have came out very true. kind of you know like pro i don't know the specs of these things actually but yeah <laughs> it's like i feel like processors and like all that shit like led into the thing totally. of it you're probably right because i mean digital the digital camera wave probably didn't hit until you know early 2000s you know and that's when people were the point and shoot was still hot so mm-hmm. like i remember i totally remember uh because i graduated in 2008 and I remember my teacher, my uh, photography teacher at Twinsburg High School that I ended up graduating from, was telling me um, that none of her friends shoot digital. 
and that's in 2008. We were still kind of there. Well, I guess the old, I mean, she was older. She might have been in her thir- late 30s, 40s. But there was still this, like, kind of resistance where I feel like today doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think cameras are so much more. I mean, your your phone camera's pretty damn good. Yeah, totally. So it's like, you know, like, people are doing movies and such off their iPhone. So right. um, I don't, yeah, I mean, that was 10 years ago. You know, too. Yeah. If you think about it, yeah, yeah. Shit's like like it's been in a whole other decade. You know, it's For like sure. going from the '80s and the '90s with computers and shit like that. Yeah, and they missed out on all of that because they stopped this. They stopped the growth yeah. of technology in the '80s. Um, you can read about that in the Pedipedias. <laughs> yeah, check out our uh, Pedipedia. Um, all right, so they get the talking. Her uh, Angela and Looking Glass. They get the talking, and he says um, he says some stuff about the squids, which I thought was a. Uh, you know, just kind of like an in-depth look into like how maybe uh, a larger society kind of falls into it. But he says that um, when the alarm happened, and I believe he was referring to the first episode because it's only been a couple days uh, since and within this universe. Um, when the alarm happened, he said it stopped. So I know it wasn't the big one. Um, do you think that like? Society is still very much on edge and on the lookout of this huge squid. And Maybe I'm. I'm. What made me think more about that is actually the the preview for the next episode where he's in that like council of like we believe there's other parallel universes with blah, blah blah. So like the squid, like I think. I think unless it, um they've said this already, and I didn't pick up on it. But is the squids coming from a parallel universe? I think that's what wasn't heavily implied here. Yeah. Because, like, where else would they be coming from? Right. And it's, like, some people think, I think it's a government conspiracy. That it plays more into, like, government conspiracy. Because it's, like, even in today's world, it's, like, quantum physics isn't something that confuses us. Not that we're, like, physicists, but it's, like, I'll weigh into, like, you create your own reality and stuff sure. like that. Like, it's, like, probable to me. And it's, like, there's but there's other people who would be, like, you're a fucking retard, you know, um, yeah. for believing that kind of shit. So it's, like... I think it's the same thing where it's like you have your people here who are like, there couldn't be a parallel universe that squids are coming from. But at the same time, it's like you have that. And then, like, the support group seems like... They've um, seen, like, trauma. They probably had people die in that accident. Or maybe with, maybe we're in the accident. You know, so yeah. it seemed like a more, like, PTSD type... It was interesting how detailed his photos were on, on it. Like, he's really, like, diving into, like... And it's, like, the squids dissolve pretty quickly, too. Yeah, which I think seconds. Which is another interesting, like, thing with the parallel thing. Like, maybe there's, like, the, the switch of the the environments kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which makes them, like, how melt or like, something why? like that. Um, all right, so the... I don't know how uh, the squids are still raining, but I do know that an after effect of what um, Adrian Veidt created, you know, to make the squid. Um, he said that this teleport, his teleport, teleportation, couldn't say that, uh, device only works if you want to make things explode. Um, that's in like, I don't know, 10 or 11 in the comics. Uh, and he said it, and it like doesn't work unless you want something to explode. So that's why like the squid landed and then it kind of like immediately exploded. Um, so these, I believe, are still coming from that same. They're like a resonance of that. Uh, but technically, they weren't created to like stay. So it's funny how they think, you know, within the universe, like looking glass, he said he believes like they dissolve. 
but there's still this like mass cleanup crew that we like mentioned uh, throughout the first episode. Um, so I mean, it's just like it's weird what these people really think besides like the reality of the situation and like how they got there. I think I'm a lot. I think I'm more interested in like how did these people get there and how did Looking Glass? I think we'll get that answer through Looking Glass because he seems to be leading that support group. I think next week's going to be a Looking Glass episode, yeah. it seems like. So it'll be I'm interesting to get that. a little deeper into his character because he seems to be the main like focus of the preview. Yeah, totally. Um, which, I mean, at this point, could be a, could be the greatest thing or a very bad thing, and we're just going to get another Lori Blake episode. Yeah. <laughs> which I which is not. a very like South Park-esque approach to it. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I hope next week is not a waste. And it, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know what I think. Um, all right, so he says that Squidge dissolves. Uh, Angela gives him the pills that were left in the car. Um, and she tells him to take them to his, his ex. Because his ex has a lab that is outside of, like, police, the police, like, precinct. Um, who do you think his ex is? I don't know. Is I don't. He's not. Is he a comic book character? No. No, not at all. Mm. So I I thought that like him having them referring to this ex strictly as the ex leads it to be who has been in the show already. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. Mm. Like, who have we seen that might have played like a minor role? But might end up playing a bigger role. I hope it's Pirate Jenny. (laughs) 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 But I don't know if it is. They could be. I hope so. Because again, she's like. That makes sense. That could be your Pirate Jenny, (laughs) Pirate Jenny moment. Maybe next episode's Pirate Jenny. (laughs) I hope it's a. That's my call. Pirate Jenny and Looking Glass had a thing going on. Because we don't see them in any scenes together. I don't believe. I can't remember. I'm trying to think. Is. Is Looking Glass there for that operation? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, I forgot. I know, like, she's in the ship with... Oh, no, he's not there. No, I don't think so. Unless he's in the field. I don't know. Pirate Jenny, I think, is a good call. Pirate Jenny, that's my Pirate Jenny call. I'm still rooting for you. I had a thought. Pirate Jenny is a jobber. No. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah, how they're word. treating her, man. She had two lines in this episode. Yeah, she's a jobber. Oh, my goodness. For those... Uh, Feed her to Looking Glass. Yeah. Looking Glass needs a big pump. Uh, <laughs> we're talking <laughs> wrestling smack. Yeah, for those uh, wrestling fanatics out there, you might know what we're talking about here. She's a jobber. She's a total she's jobber. She's a jobber. Terrible. They need to treat... Uh, Let's just, for all Jane. fun and purposes right now, like, if we were to put these characters as wrestlers, like, you basically got the knight, <laughs> who's, like, your John Cena. <laughs> she's, like, the man right now, like, the Becky Lynch. <laughs> then you got the jobber. Looking Glass and, like, that red dude would be a tag team. Yeah, they they'd be the tag movie. champs. They'd be the tag team champs. Um, and then, uh, we got like, Lloyd Jed Blake. was, like, the Undertaker losing at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Will's like the Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, brother. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, like Ric Flair coming back and like, you're my granddaughter. Yeah, totally. It's like Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair. <laughs> All right, we just busted the whole show. They're mocking wrestling. Yeah, there's a whole uh, wrestling mockumentary. That's what Damon Limelof is really doing here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lori Blake is like the corporate. Like, she's like Stephanie. <laughs> she's totally Stephanie. <laughs> Coming in there slapping people. And yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All um, right. So talk about the squid juice. Do you, what about the random fucking silver suit man? Dude. Who I think he was using squid sauce. <laughs> like that was the only thing that made sense to me with how it's like that he like is collecting the squid sauce. That would be and sweet. is putting it on himself because he slid into a sewage drain. Dude, that I believe that might have happened in real time because those are there are people out there who can go under like six inch limbo. You know, there there are people out there. You think that he's like an actor who did that? I think they used. I think they hired a stunt person strictly for that shot. I'm sure the gap was bigger from the way they oh, yeah. shot it too. For sure, for sure. Um, so, all right, yeah. He's referring to. Um, I, I think that was our <laughs> next shot, which was another cool transition. We see Angela as Sister Knight dressed up, um, putting the wheelchair that she was cutting up at the beginning episode into a black bag, <laughs> and then there that transition of like her opening the trunk. And then when she slams it, she's already in the new location. She's mm-hmm. opening it up again. Again, this might have been four or five frames. I thought That's that was a good a, one. Uh, yeah, that was a, I, that might have. No, that doesn't beat the last transition. But it was definitely a cool one. No, a lot of good uh, transitions this episode. I forgot I said I was going to write them down, but they were good. <laughs> I remember them. Um, so she throws the uh, wheelchair off a bridge. Um, into a moving train, and across the street is this silver surfer-looking bro who has on goggles, um, only with his lips exposed. Uh, and I actually, like, on my second viewing, I stopped I stopped uh, the app that I was watching it on, and I was trying to figure out, like, this person, is he white or is he light-skinned? Cause you only see his lips. Like, no, I didn't even. His lips. <laughs> I didn't even look that close. I was like, he's in a silver suit. I'm like, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out like, have we seen this person already? Is this person already there? Which I don't know if we have. Uh, but after if, if I were to now, ruin the writing, it would be Angela's husband. <laughs> <laughs> like the way like they see, like oh shit, that'd be awesome. The kids about at the house by themselves. <laughs> um. So this guy squirts lube on himself, and we're referring to him as Lube Man because after this whole scene, there's a red scary. That's what he calls him. Uh, but he uh, squirts lube on himself and then goes into a sewer drain. Immediately, Angela goes to the police station because he took off his belt. So she has that as evidence. And as soon as she gets off the elevator, we see Senator Keene once again. Senator Keene. Yeah. Slimy Senator Keene. Oh, he's so slimy, right? I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Thanks, Senator Keen. Yeah, he's very like he's he's too casual for me, um, and like I don't want a Senator Keen episode, but I would like to see Senator Keen for five minutes by himself. Yeah, I want a, a good scene. Like I'd give a I'd give like five to ten minutes to him. Yeah, how nefarious is he? Because he's playing this role of very nefarious. Yeah. Um, which has to lead to he's something. Gonna, they're going to slam us at the end. I hope so. Fuck. Um, all right, so... Yeah, so that guy that... What happened? What's the next scene? They got to go. They go to that girl's place, huh? Senator Kane. Uh, we get into, yeah. The millennial clock. The millennial clock. After she walks into the lawyer's office, Senator Petey... I mean, that's Agent Petey. Uh, pops his head into the office and then they go on a road trip uh, which in the car 
Lori Blake tells Petey um, to basically explain her own backstory uh, to Angela. He goes on to tell her how he goes on to tell Angela uh, how the comedian raped uh, Lori's mother, and that's how she was born. And all that scene was just like, I don't know, mm, I don't yeah. know if it needed to exist. No, I think again that was a way to like that was stuff we talked about. So it's like we again that was that. I think we're always going to not like when it goes to like having to entertain the the non-educated audience. Yeah. Which like not to sound like pricks, but I that's mean, basically where it's going to totally. be. Totally. Because I mean, you they take the time out of the episode where it, it might have been going, it could have gone to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, not everybody's going to read the PDPedias. Um but they're definitely putting it out there to a wide enough audience that if they didn't explain these things, I think at the end, if people were, like, on the internet uh, kind of bitching about it, HBO could just be like, well, we released these documents. Yeah. You know? I think make the people work for it. What I did think was interesting about that scene is how um, she has, like, like, a former alcoholic personality about superheroes. Like, you just drink because it's an escape. For sure. You know, like, and yeah. even, it's like, I don't know, it was like the weird, the way she was coming at, like, Angela was like, oh, it's, it's like, you just hide from your insecurities in that mess. Like, you know, like, really, like, bringing down how stupid it is and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's actually a really good kind of real world tie-in. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah, she, at the end, she does cuss her out, and then her last, right before they pull up, it's like, oh, I used to be one, too. Uh which is very much an alcoholic. Yeah, okay. I used to like, drink. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But I now I don't escape cigarettes. from my problems. <laughs> <laughs> so then they pull up on the Millennial Clock uh, facility, and um, kind of from the from the vibe of it, I feel like this is an all-female facility mm-hmm. um, because Lady True's daughter, the young lady we seen in episode two, I believe that was, uh, we get her name. Her name is Bian, Bian. Um, she is Lady True's daughter, which I'm going to get into a little bit. A little bit down the road, I'm going to get into how I think she's a clone. Um, <laughs> just a little side note. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we get into, because um, Lori Blake is asking, uh, who can fly these flying ships that are pulling into this kind of like aircraft uh, station? Because she believes that one of those ships picked up Angela's car. Um, again, uh, we get the sense that she's been diving ever since she see the car drop. She was uh, diving a lot deeper than she was giving on to Angela. So we find out that she sent the prince somewhere else. The prince came back to uh, Will Reeves, who was this 1940s cop who we believe is Hood of Justice. Um, and then she says that uh, there's only one place who has this aircraft kind of uh, technology. And that's why they go to this place. Um so then I see Lady True, who is chilling in this, what do they call it? Uh, her Vietnam room. Yeah, her Vietnam, I think she calls it a vivarium or some, yeah, some it, word, yeah, a weird word like that. Uh, but it's uh, essentially this glass house um, uh, type of like dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, it's like a greenhouse. Yeah, greenhouse. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, greenhouse. She says that uh, she always wanted to keep very Vietnam very close to her, so she brought it to her. 
in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She said her mom, she promised her mom to never leave Vietnam, so she found a loophole by creating Vietnam in Oklahoma to live. Totally. It seems like Oklahoma, not to jump ahead in this scene, but it seems like Oklahoma's like a safe spot almost. Yeah. It was like slightly implied with all like the natural disasters and like random shit going on. It's like they walk into this thing talking about how the, they go, oh, so you're building the eighth wonder of the world. She's like, no, it's the first new, it's the first wonder of the new world. And she's like, this thing's basically impenetrable. She talks about the Alexandria um, and stuff and how all these other things fell. But then this is like impenetrable except from like a direct nuclear blast. So that just led me like, oh, wonder why this rich person picked Oklahoma. Right. Like it's middle America now are major filled with major cities. That'd be cool. I could see that happening over time. I mean, the resources aren't there, so I understand why. But like it always like baffles me driving to like Colorado or out west to see how barren that There's area so of the country is. Like, even there. in Oklahoma and stuff, it's, like, it would require, like, kind of, like, a reapplication of resources and stuff like that. But, you know, if, like, the ocean levels rise and stuff, like, you could see all coastal towns get knocked back, totally. you know? Same with, like, a New York City. Yeah. At the rate we're going, I mean, we'll all probably be dead. But, I mean, I could see probably in, like, 100-something years that, like, most of California, Florida, uh, New York... They're all, you know, they're dangerous places. Are there? They're at least a, a lot more inland than they are now. Do you think we're gonna see characters like um, her appear in our reality, like more rich Elon Musk type people? Like his thing is getting off Earth, but do you think more people will step up with their like? Do you see like a Jeff Bezos like becoming like a crazy philanthropist or something? Like maybe in the next like thirty years no, and totally. like investing his capital in like building gates to stop water coming in or stuff like that totally like it might like this is just my like general optimism but i think like in the storm is when like the best shit happens like we can almost be like gearing up to like see some really crazy philanthropy and like serious advancements and things just because it's going to call for it like survival is going to call for it yeah i mean jeff bezos owns a mountain that he was building a clock in Wow. In He's basically life, this fucking person. He is Lady True. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That excites me, though. I don't know. That gets me fired up. In a sense, I, I get the feeling that he's just like this evil villain. But I want. I mean, it's like I mean maybe, but like I would rather be like Jeff Bezos. This guy lives on a mountain in a clock tower than like he owns Amazon. Yeah. Like corporate people don't aren't the best villains to me. Yeah. Like they're like the classic villain where everyone wants to blame corporate people, but it's like if he's in a mountain on a tower with like white lions, Dude. he might be evil. But I'm <laughs> impressed. I'm genuinely impressed. He's gonna be the Ozymandias of this of our world. I think there's gonna be several people who have towers though. Is what I'm thinking. For like sure. you're gonna have like Elon Musk being like, I'm going to space. Jeff Bezos is like in his tower. Like Warren Buffett's gonna. Build like a floating city above New York or something. Dude. It'll happen. Oprah has a compound that is underground that is bigger than uh, probably downtown Cleveland. <laughs> this is where Trump <laughs> fucked up. He should have just went into the clock building on the mountain evil tower business. He could have just been. He could have been all right. Yeah. Like I mean, like not that he like we. I mean, uh, yeah, we wouldn't we, even have got his. We dove too deep into him because he's the yeah, president. Like yeah. he would have been like, oh, there's Trump. There's Trump on his island with a tower and like a fucking moat. That he sounds about been right. That guy. The Taj. Before all the political shit, he was just that guy. You yeah, know. You fucked up, dude. Yeah, he messed his whole. He messed up everything. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's listening to this and knows. Like <laughs> all seriousness, this isn't even political. Like you are stupid. <laughs> like Jesus come on, Christ, dude. Man. Like go build a tower. Get out of here. Get impeached. Go build a tower. 
Yeah. It's going to be all right. Get out of here, Get dude. A, build a casino. There's islands everywhere. <laughs> like, come on. Ugh. What are you doing with your money? Man. There's people with money who are doing stupid things. Those are people I respect the least. Right. With so much money. Just give us a little bit. Do cool stuff. Yeah. With it, at least. Like, provide me, like, moral entertainment. You know? <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember. Where are we at? Let's get back to the episode. All right. So we are... Lady True. All right. They're talking. They're talking. Okay. So, yeah. The biggest biggest part of this scene is Lady True looks at Angela after, you know, she gets the list of all the people who can fly those contraptions because that's what they're there for. But then they get into a bit how Lady True is like, my mother used to say this old saying to me. And then... I don't know whether it was in uh, Vietnamese or Mandarin. I'm not familiar which language she was speaking in. Um, Because I don't know if those two are, like, entirely different or the same. I have no knowledge of that. But it's either Mandarin or Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Um, And she she tells Angela, uh, your grandpa is wondering if you got those pills. Um, Which was a huge surprise to me, actually. Yeah, I wonder what the pills are. Yeah. They get into that a little bit later, and she says how, like, stupid that whole plot when she's talking to Will at the end. Um, but I think I think that Lori Blake completely understands Vietnamese. And I think that whole ploy... Uh, all right, so, so for, for some reference, uh, Lori Blake walks off. Uh, Lady True is looking at Angela. She says these, these words in uh, this different language because she believes that Lori doesn't speak that. Um, Angela replies because she knows Angela was born in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, so they're talking in Vietnamese for a second. But I totally think that. She went and found out they were from Vietnam from the husband. So that ties into this, too. I believe yeah. it. I think you're on it. Dude, I think Lori totally knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, and she might not. Expo- hopefully, she doesn't expose it uh, for an episode or so. But I totally. Because. Lori, before she became this FBI agent, she was a superhero, and they spent a good amount of time in Vietnam. And, like, I don't know. She's this intelligent person. (laughs) Um, And Vietnam is a state. So I think the idea of people knowing Vietnamese is probably more than it is in our real world, like, within America. It's, like, probably Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's another call. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah, that's another call for you guys. I can't wait to make content from all this shit after to promote next season because it's going to be like a lot of big calls. Totally. A lot of big, big thoughts. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, after that, we cut to Ozymandias, um, who, you know, I, I really like Jeremy Irons. He is a hell of an actor. I think I've probably said four or five times on the show. But I think they are wasting his time. You know what I've learned, actually, in watching the official podcast of Watchmen is that they shot the entire episode's sequences of Jer- of that, of like Adrian Veidt before mm-hmm. they shot the whole series. Really? Because they really wanted it in Wales, which is where the, you called that, actually. like That no was exactly way. where it got shot, is no in Wales. Way. Yeah, Dude, so no, we're we, making calls. Making calls. Hey, we ain't stupid. Shout out, to you, shout out to you guys for listening to this. <laughs> Because we been calling shots over here. Yeah, but it is in Wales they shot it. No Exactly way. in Wales. Wow. So you're on 100% point. But they went and shot that whole that his whole arc first. 
Hmm. So I don't know if that affected the writing, but it definitely was the first thing to be produced. So I could see how maybe that's a little bit disconnecty with us yeah. because they could have made changes to the rest of it afterwards for other reasons. Totally. I think it, dude, I'm, I mean, I should have watched the thing, but I'm really happy you watched it uh, because that totally makes sense. It seems like the the thematic ambiance is off. And I don't know if we're extra sensitive to that because we're filmmakers. Uh, I would like to hear if the <clears throat> average person, not average, but the person who, a person who a viewer, a consumer. Work, yeah, a consumer, a consumer who doesn't work in film. Um, I wonder if they get that same feeling. And if you are that person and you're listening to this, please reach out to us and let us know how you feel about all the Adrian fight scenes because we've been saying there is there is a disconnect thematically. And it's 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 off putting. But here's a thought I had too. Is this intentional? Because he lives in the because we were talking about is it were we talking about the moon in the episode, or was that before the episode? No, that was... Okay. Yeah, we're, we I, I want to make sure we re-ranted the moon <laughs> if we didn't already. Sure. Um, but I, I saw it. We had it running in the background where we were recording, and I saw the scene again, and the reason I thought it was a bubble is because they disappear. They yes. don't even float into, like, anything. So it's like if it was totally. the moon, that would be not right, I don't think. But... Yeah. Maybe like it's just more of that like he's in this bubble. Like I real like they could save all the Adrian Vite stuff, I think, with a proper ending to this thing, which should bridge into the second season. <clears throat> I want episode eight something to happen. I don't even know what I would do, but like something to like show how disc like Hmm. I hope he's like in fucking the millennial clock, or like like I don't know something like no, that. I totally had that same thought. Like, like something. I, I hope he's just right upstairs. Yeah, like and it's yeah. like fucking because he's already like how did she get the statue? She has to be monitoring him. That yeah. was him with the fucking costume totally. in the other At episode, which basically could have corrected us bitching about that. Yes. So, in all hopes, we're being duped. <laughs> no, I, I really hope so, uh, because. I think you're. I think you're exactly right. This that the the ending arc of these sequences need to be a big punch in the face to save all these sequences. Yeah. Uh, because they are they're very much disconnected, but hopefully it's on purpose. Um, I'm. I'd be really happy if the last episode was like two hours. Yeah. I doubt it, but that'd be fucking awesome. Right. And it's. I mean, it's only eight episodes. Cause you know we're ha- we're officially halfway through the season. Um, and that has to be such a hit to where you might want to give us a whole episode. It's interesting how the writing, the writing tolerance of our country and like our consumer base has changed. I was just watching cause I got Disney plus, um, earlier in the week <laughs> I watched, uh, falling asleep national treasure two while I was like doing stuff yeah. and they had a bunch of extras on there actually, which they have all these like crazy boring scenes that they shot. It's so no. funny, but the guy, the director is talking like, you know, movies are too long. Like, we have to start cutting them down and stuff. And it's like, I think that whole mentality's changed. Like, maybe yeah. a movie's too long. I think, man, I think filmmakers are at, like, they got their asses against the corner now because of TV. It's just oh, like, totally. you can't, it's like, it's totally. so hard. It's like, TV is such an easier time to, like, mm-hmm. save themselves, yeah. you know? So even, like, two-hour episodes are, like, I guess they're extensive. Can people not sit? I feel like we have a weird thing where it's, like, we're at about an hour. 
that people can like pay attention right. for before like no the attention spans of you know uh, the bigger society is like it's very short now you know what's not happening though actually is why aren't they billing tv like back to wrestling i would bill tv like wrestling i would do a season into a movie why doesn't that happen huh that could be big time well, all right, so... No, you're totally right. All right, so... Like, why is there not, ago, like, a Game of Thrones movie at the end of, like, the season, the season. to, like, help wrap things up? Even that, more what? depth. Like, yeah. I would go see a movie right now. I don't know. It's a weird thing, because I guess you don't get the... I guess you have to pay the season off to the viewers, but... Well, no. D- uh, so, a month ago, or two months ago, down, Downtown Ab- Downton Abbey... I don't know. I don't watch the show. But they just dropped the movie. And that was exactly how they built it. The The show ended, I believe, a year ago. And then immediately everybody knew this movie was about to hit. And then it dropped a month ago and it beat, I think it was top box office for at least two weekends. And it was like, you know, to go back to wrestling, it was like the Summer Slam. Yeah, why you know, not? Like, why not have an eight episode? You could do an eight episode build up and then you have a fucking pay-per-view you buy. And it's like, totally. even go as far as... <clears throat> What about, like, pay-per-view movies, bro? That's crazy. I don't know if people... Well, I mean... Because, like, what if you're... Basically, it's, like... Uh, it'd be tough. I mean, rest, yeah. it'd be tough, but it wouldn't be tough. Because, like, I don't know, because wrestling does it. Like, no one's ever been like, why do I watch this shit for four weeks I have to pay 60 bucks? Right. I think you could recondition an audience that way, huh. potentially. I mean, if... Only on the promise that that movie won't drop a month later on streaming devices... Like, you kind of have to make an agreement with your audience that this pay-per-view movie is exclusive to you and maybe no one else. And maybe just the structure is taken and not applied to a movie. Like, what if they just structure the last one like a movie? Like, it's like an hour, 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 two-and-a-half-hour season finale. Yeah. And it's more like a movie. For sure. And maybe it can even get limited releases places just to, like, have events where people go see it. Yeah. No, dude, I think that's a hot idea. I think that's one for us. Yeah. <laughs> or the, we could, could, we could consult. Well, let's, let's consult for you. Yeah, yeah, we could totally We'll consult. come in, let's we'll talk. On. We got good ideas. Oh, man. Let us come in and talk. Yeah. Now we're ranting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, we're at the end of the episode, basically. Yeah. Um, and she goes, so, she, has, she has the sequence at home with her husband. I think we should touch on that. They've basically kind of like, they're talking about how, like, she found out uh, the night. Dark, what, oh my god, what's her name? Angela? Angela. Yeah. Found out that Lori went and talked to her husband. Her husband hadn't told her. And then you kind of get revealed in this scene of like tension between them of like, well, he feels some type of way because he doesn't really know what's going on. For sure. And has to lie, which he hates doing. He's such like a noble man. Yeah. Like he's she, this. Th- and she mentions this accident. Like, did you tell her about your accident? He's like, super cool it's like no it never came shout out we said this first episode but like shout out to the strong couple look i'm I'm glad this show doesn't like it's like here's two fucking people making it happen yeah it's like you're not you're not like left to like i don't know you're not left to like the devices of they haven't relied on romance at all in this which is and i'm really happy about that because like even game of thrones started relying on romance a little bit and there was like the the dynamics of like things and they're just like we're just this power couple who figures it out and even our fights end with us having sex in the closet yeah. and it's like, like we are good everything on the home front is good yeah my problems are outside of my house which is a refreshing thing because yeah. immediately when you see a couple um kind of on screen a good amount it's always relying on like 
that couple drama, that couple tension, you know, and they're like, no, there's none of that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good writing and like a good direction to have because, I mean, to be honest, this show doesn't have space for that. No, <laughs> there's no. No, way. if I had to waste any time watching some love shit, oh, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I don't want any. Just keep showing them having sex in the closet. Yeah, yeah, that's totally cool. Um, so yeah, wait, wait. All right, so we got to go. This that scene is right after this Adrian fight. I just want to go through that oh, just give a list um all right so we open to adrian he's in this like lake and he's picking up he's in this boat you think he's like grabbing dead fish or something but he's picking up a bunch of babies um <laughs> which i actually like laughed out loud that whole scene uh because he's picking these babies up and then he's like ah nah not this one throwing them back in the water um which made me think of like this cloning technology that he has like it still needs a womb and, like, just use your lake as this, like, womb, you know? I bet he's, like, picking them up off of, like, the central thing, but they need to be in water. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought that was dope. Um, takes He finally picks two, takes them back to puts his them in, lab. Puts them in, like, satchel. Yeah, Get my, puts them my babies <laughs> out of my satchel. They're totally in the satchel. Um, walks in, takes the babies out of the satchel, puts them in this container, um, the container starts to spin. He puts on some reggae, which I wasn't expecting him to He's play. He's done reggae twice now. Has he? Um, don't. It, was it Don't Worry? I don't know. Don't Worry. Like, Three Little Birds was in the first episode. It wasn't with Adrian Veidt, but I do think there was reggae playing one other time with Adrian Veidt. Wow. But reggae has been a common theme. Do you know the soundtrack to this is done by Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails? Yeah. <clears throat> like all that. Yeah. I think it's sick. Dude, him and uh, what's good? Atticus Ross. I Trent Reznor is a Cleveland guy. Is he? Yeah, he record- Nine Inch Nails is from Cleveland. Nice. They, they originated here, and huh. like their first album was recorded down at the Agora. That's crazy. I had no idea. Damn. Yeah, they've been killing it. Shout out to the composers who've been like keeping this like 80s thriller vibe happening uh, with all the synths and like just like very cool. Uh, just very cool beats throughout the episode. Um, they've been killing it, seriously. Um, so he's putting on this. He puts on the reggae within like I don't know a minute. These babies have turned into full-grown Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Crowshanks, um, and he is going through how they are. Uh, they're not able to talk at this point, so he's going through how. Their whole thing is meant to serve. Um, so he's telling them that you have no, you have no purpose. You're meant to serve me. And then he takes them into the manor where there is probably thirty dead bodies. And yeah, all- that was kind of like crazy. Like he's went on a murdering spree <laughs> of Mister Phillips. <laughs> Man, he hates Mister Phillips so much. <laughs> is, did you see the? Did you see the? Uh, that's the uh, description I put for our last episode, or one of the episodes where it says, it said, uh, is the game warden a Mr. Phillips? That's the opening <laughs> description of one of the episodes. I started, like, having more fun with the descriptions. I'm going to, like, one was, like, yeah. I just, like, pick a line. I'll think of one, because I re-listened to him and, like, fixed him a little bit. For sure. Yeah. Uh, game dude, warden, that's, to the, that's the call of the day. Dude, game warden, Mr. Phillips. He's totally a Mr. Phillips. Um, so... It made it made me think back to the last episode because we ended with him putting on his superhero outfit. So within this, basically, this means that Adrian put on his superhero outfit and then went on a murdering rampage 
of every Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Crowshanks in the building. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like how crazy he is. I think he's awesome. He looked very, uh, very shuffled. Uh, all at the beginning, you know, his hair is messed up. His beautiful scarf is all like messy. Um, so he definitely looked like he had a rough night. Um, but then they take the dead bodies, the, the new Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Crowshanks, uh, help him load the dead bodies up, and then he sends them, he puts them on the catapult. Um, and he's testing how high he could get them and if he could get them past these seemingly fake clouds. I hope that's not bad CGI. And I hope it's on purpose. <laughs> I guess you don't know nowadays because of the Buffalo. Oh, I want to rewatch the Buffalo oh, just so I could revel goodness. in it. I think that's why I mean, I think he's in a bubble and I think the game is like, can we get them? Cause they come back. Cause they, like he's free. Oh, yeah. There is one that has come back. And um, it was frozen. Totally. So it has to be like, it makes you think of space, but please don't let him be on the moon. Please. And it's still cold up there. I think if you like, st- like if we were up on the the flight of like a seven forty seven outside of it, we might freeze to death in the right time. Right. <clears throat> I hope that's it. I hope that's what it is. Um, I think he's also calculating how high. I my favorite line he says to them is like, he's like, I might. What is he? Um, I might be your master, but I'm definitely not your creator. Yeah. You imperfect beings. <laughs> like he's such a coach. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Shout out to coach. Yeah. Um. So he he has this line that I think I wrote down that, uh, where is it? Four years since I was sent here, um, I thought it was a paradise, but in reality it is a prison, and this is a prison I will escape. Um, Which definitely leads way to, like, he is being kept somewhere. Um, Another call that I think we both are cool making that he is in the Millennial Clock. I really hope so. Yeah, it could be a good one. Yeah, I really hope. That would be awesome. You know, um, now that we're speaking stratospheres and stuff, what about that ship at the end that takes off? Wait, what ship? When they're looking out and they're like in three days, while well, then they look up and there's that like thing taking off. Oh yeah. What if that is where he's at too? Within and it's ship. like up in the sky more too. Huh. And they're just keeping him like in this floated like atmosphere. That'd be and it changes levels awesome. and stuff. You know, based right. on night. That'd actually be cool. That'd be sick. Um, um, so we get into, uh, at the very end, we get into Lady True's daughter, Bianne, waking up from a nightmare. Um, she, she wakes up, walks down the hallway, uh, calls her mother over, immediately tells her that the nightmare uh, was about men coming into her uh village with fire and then making people walk um and at the very end she says my feet still hurt mom which uh lets me jump back to a call i made at the beginning of this episode of the podcast uh she's a clone (laughs) yeah yeah i I think so i truly believe because her nightmare sounds like the depictions of the Vietnam War within the comics. Uh, when doc, there's this huge, there's a couple panels of like Doctor Manhattan, there bunch of fire. Well, first a bunch of fire with the comedian, and then Doctor Manhattan standing sixty feet tall behind all these soldiers. And he, I think there's a line that he like made them walk like a certain amount of time, uh, which might have been something that Lady True herself experienced. Because she is from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and she might have been a young girl 
And I believe that this Bian character is a clone strictly based on the fact that those, those are probably her mother's memories. Yeah. Uh, and not her own. Because she seems to be, you know, if she is the, if she's, if she's not a clone, then she's this like very rich, affluent kid. Yeah. It, it like, it also, it made me like think to maybe like a little like, this is an example like Jedi-esque. Like maybe she's in this like training from the mom and this is like a part of that. No, totally. Uh, because they're, so right after that, um, the, she says, Mom, will you walk me back to bed? Lady True in very cold nature is like, no. And she's like, okay, uh, good night, Mr. Reeves. And then that's the, ex- we get exposed uh, to the fact that Will is sitting with Lady True and they're having a conversation. Um, and, and there's the bit of uh, 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 Lady True is telling Will that he's just toying playing games with Angela he needs to just tell her the truth and he says you're doing the same thing with your daughter so I think the, I think you're right mm-hmm. saying that she is just a part of like some pawn of her mom um, because she seems to be this very like servant type daughter yeah yeah um, yeah totally you heard it here first she's a clone <laughs> um, so right at the end um Lady True and Mr. Reeves get the talking, and she brings up how um, when there's family involved, people get cold feet on the deal. And then Will stands up, which I thought was an yeah. awesome shot. Uh, he stands up, starts walking. He's, work, he's walking perfectly fine. Um, stands up and says, like, my, my feet are fine. And then we get the last shot of something raising out of yeah. the sky and him saying the TikTok TikTok classic. Um, we were yeah. going to record last night. I had my watch on and actually TikTok. So I was yes. like, if I could get like a <laughs> authentic TikTok. Um, yeah. And they mentioned these, um, I think his uh, right before the TikTok line, he says in three days, Angela will know that I betrayed her um, and her family and such. So we get this three day timeline, which, um, you know, we'll see what what it leads to. Yeah, I wonder where the next episode will pick up at. Yeah, um, I actually believe that because it looks to be like a, a really heavy looking glass episode, and I actually believe that they are going to make it to where Looking Glass that episode of Looking Glass is happening on the same day. We're going to get everything that he was doing before Angela showed up. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to end the next episode where this one ended. Totally. The thir- they'll probably build till the last episode with that. Yeah, because there's no way these three dates can really happen. In, I mean, we got we got four episodes left. What date is this episode? Do they even reveal it? I'm going to have to rewatch it and see if they like hit it in there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe some time has passed. I think there was a passing line of like some time passing. I don't know, though. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to think when they buried him. <clears throat> right. Yeah. But uh I think it's I think it's Topher who says something about I think within that scene there's a bit of a timeline. I think he says like a week ago I no, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I had to rewatch it. Um but yeah, episode four of The Watchmen, I think we both gave it a seven. This um, is our longest episode, though, but I think we ranted about a couple things. For sure. So I think we got into, like, some other aspects uh, that hopefully the writers are thinking about. Yeah. 
And hopefully you agree with our opinions on other rants of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or disagree or whatever. But, yeah, let's close it up. If you like what you hear, keep following us. Um, we're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Instagram's not really doing much, but we're there, and it'll be firing up here soon. So get get on there. We're definitely ke- keeping track of who's kind of our first listeners, and um, we're going to kind of blow this out. Yeah, so most definitely. stay in tune. Anyone who wants to comment, please tweet or Instagram us. And, event, you know, if someone wants to get really involved, we could probably bring a guest on the show. I haven't used that feature yet in Anchor. but That'd be cool to do. Yeah, so like get... 10-minute guest spot or something Yeah, like engage. That. Engage. Do something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been All Along the Watchmen. See you. Who makes the world? Perhaps the world is not made. Perhaps nothing is made. Perhaps it simply is, has been, will always be there. A clock without a craftsman.